Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Join Myra, Jeff with a G, Dr. Sam, Jeffrey, and me, Jeff with a J, as we work to debunk those leadership myths. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. Good morning, everybody. Afternoon, evening, wherever, whenever you're listening. Uh, we are so happy that you're here with us today. Uh, this is the No BS Leadership Podcast. We are excited to have you as a listener, all one, two, three, or 200,000 of you. We don't know where we are numbers yet, but we are excited <laughs> to bring you the life lessons that we've been garnering over the last decades in the leadership business world and uh, working with people and how do we do that better? So today we have a, a great topic and Jeff Conroy, the Jeff Conroy is going to actually lead us into this one. So Mr. Conroy, what is going on? Well, how's everybody doing? He caught me mid coffee. I'm doing great. <laughs> well, first and foremost, we all have to recognize the giraffe in the room because he's not an elephant that joining us today is Mr. Jeff Geyer. Let's give it up for Geyer. And the, and the crowd goes wild. Yeah. We Leadership. have more Jeff than any podcast you have, folks. You, you get invited to a no BS leadership podcast. You have to drop everything and show up because uh, there's plenty of there's plenty of BS and leadership going around these days. Don't get me started from the very top of our current administration to you know city hall or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I am. I feel blessed to be with you all. Is he really making this thing political now? <laughs> so, well, no, we're talking about leadership or lack thereof, and there's no BS. And I'm just saying there's lots of BS around today. Wow. Oh, yeah. There's BS everywhere. There's BS everywhere. I might have stepped in some on the way out to the, the, van <laughs> the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Yeah. Well, well, so Mr. what is our topic today? What are we talking about? Well, I want to talk about getting the most out of your people. You know, there's tons of books out there on how to engage and motivate your people uh, on your team to get the most out of them. And quite honestly, in my opinion and in my experience, it all drills down to empowerment. It drills yes. down to giving them the uh, confidence and the security of knowing that they can take a chance, they can take a risk, they can lead a project, whether it goes good, bad, or indifferent, there is no repercussions for it. In my own personal experience, giving people empowerment. When you work with people who are not used to that leadership model most people's leadership experiences do as i say and do it now mm -hmm. and unfortunately that doesn't work people want to feel attached to something they want to feel like they're part of something bigger than than themselves by giving those people the the empowerment by giving those people the confidence by telling them look i want you to lead this project this is the outcome we want to have this is this is how i want you to put put it together but you get there any way you want it's not the way I want. It's the way 
you want. And by doing that, you're delegating. That's true delegation is telling somebody that this is the report that needs to be done. This is how the way it needs to be laid out. I don't care how you do it, but this is how we do it or this is how it has to be. By doing that, you are empowering them. You are giving them uh, the leadership skill to move forward. And that over time, that will just bolster them. When I was putting together uh, my leadership program, without fail, during week one, I would have multiple people say, yeah, that's above my pay grade. Because that's not their paradigm. That's not their background. Their background is you tell me what to do and I'll do it. They're never given the responsibility to be given a project and be responsible for that project for its outcome. So what are your guys' experience in getting the most out of your people? Well, that's an interesting question because I was, as you were talking about that and explaining it, I was thinking and looking at what's going on right now, given the situation that the country and the world is in, in a global pandemic, that people are feeling like they're being wrung out rather than being used or empowered. You know, I think about my teacher friends and my nursing and, and doctoral friends who are just to the point of utter exhaustion because they're doing more, 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 yeah. more. It's not necessarily being empowered. It's do more with less and less and less and less. Yes. Yeah. You know, so how do you, you know, maybe you can, you guys can chime in on that topic of how do we empower people given the overwork and the bandwidth that they have. Wouldn't that come down to support? Right. I, I think so. You know, to me, that would come down to support. You know, there's there's delegation and there's advocation. Mm-hmm. You know, delegating is actually telling them create this by this date and then having checkpoint meetings along the way. Advocation is this is what we want you to do. We'll see you at the end and, and not taking really any responsibility of it. And and when it comes to the teachers during this pandemic, I have nothing but love and respect mm-hmm. because they are dealing with you don't go to college to be a teacher during a pandemic. Right. You know, I don't recall that class, actually. I, I've got my uh, nor, nor do I. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I didn't have that class. I'm, no, yeah, yeah. we were just excited that, you know, the whole Encyclopedia Britannica was on CDs. <laughs> A's were on one CD, B's were on another CD, you know, right. back in the old days. Just one CD. I know things have changed. That's right. true. Right. That's what's, true. A, what's a CD? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some of that, Jeff, I think um, Lencioni lays out pretty good in his five dysfunctions of a team that that foundation of trust or lack of trust to, yeah. to create the, the dysfunction. P- people, no matter what kind of empowerment you're trying to provide, if there's a low level of trust, they're not going to feel empowered. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's where the support comes in. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And you only mentioned the, uh, the pandemic and just stressful times in general. It's easier to manage through an episodic stress. You know, it happens, it's short term and everybody gets exhausted and you, you go about your day. But something like this is a completely different beast. So I would encourage us not to confuse the two of empowerment and pandemic. Pandemic is a, thankfully, very rare occurrence. You know, how do you keep people uh, empowered and engaged? I don't have a good answer because there's a lot to be done and folks are out there doing it and they're learning new things on the way. So all the learning and the doing they're going to be exhausted. And if we can recognize that and appreciate it and do whatever we can as leaders to help alleviate some of that stress, we can do it. Fully abnormal uh, working situation. And um, thankfully it looks like we're starting to see the downslide, but doesn't mean we're out of the woods yet. No. Well, and when this whole pandemic started, I was working with a business 
and I was working with a few businesses actually, and they started working from home. Mm -hmm. So I was watching them going, thinking, and I was talking with the CEOs saying, you know, how comfortable are you with your team working from home, hoping right. to get the same production level that out of it. And, and what, what I kind of came up with was you got to build that culture where you have the trust already built in. So when something like this happens, you just know that the, I've got a great team. They've been trained, right? The culture's right. perfect. They're, they're going to continue on this way. So it has to start way in advance uh, mm -hmm. before uh, this happens and trust is earned, not given. Right. Right. So, and it's, it's with the explanation of what needs to be done. It's everything's got to be clear and understood, especially in a pandemic when you're separated, they've got to really fully understand what their task is and to give them that trust. And by giving that trust, you are empowering them. You're, mm -hmm. you're not going to really care if they're going to sleep until, you know, an extra half an hour, or mm -hmm. they're going to take an hour and a half lunch, as long as the production gets done. And right. I think more businesses are figuring that out now that the pandemic is easing up. I know this has become into a pandemic discussion, but it's not, and it wasn't meant to be, but right. it's a great example. Mm -hmm. And it's real life right now. And everybody's being touched by it. Right. Well, the pandemic, I think, is really good training for us, even though it is, you know, universal. We're all we're all going through it. Our employees or the people that are reporting to us regularly have their own pandemic in their life. And to get the most out of them, and when I say pandemic, I mean an emergency, a situation that causes a lot of stress, whether it's mm -hmm. divorce or whatever, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. We need to we need to apply those, the principles we're talking about here, when they're individually, learn to recognize them. Uh, the trust is so very important so they can come to you and share it. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you help somebody through that, you support them, you're going to get twice as much out of them afterwards because because you cared, because you saw them. Yeah, right. Yep. You know, and that's a word that's thrown around a little bit, uh, loyalty. And I'm not a big fan of that word, but I'm a huge fan of relationships. And when that relationship is so tight that an employer and employee can count on one another, when things get rough, you kind of know where you stand. And it's, it's a good space to be in knowing that the behavior you've seen so far will be approximately the same when there's a crisis mode. If those, if the life is great, behavior and the crisis mode behavior completely divorced from each other <laughs> not getting the authentic self in that um, non-crisis situation well yeah. I've, I've always believed that loyalty is, is there is if, if everyone's benefiting from it but it really does come down to the relationship if when mm -hmm. it stops benefiting each other then nobody's loyal right but if, you, if you've got a great relationship with somebody i mean that that supersedes all mm-hmm so then how going back to some of our previous conversations is how do you how do you develop that let's say you're a leader and you just get this new job and you come into an organization how do you begin to develop that sense of trust so that you gain and you garner loyalty from let's say a jaded group of people that have been burnt before by a, a really bad boss right what's the first step in gaining that trust with your team Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think, Jeff, that, that's a great question. And, and everybody's this is going to play out um, in every situation a, a little uniquely. Right. We're all created a, a little different in our experiences um, and, and education and training and all that are a little different. So it plays out different. But but the first thing I think you have to do is become vulnerable if you're not already. Yes. And that that mean, that talks 
to what Dr. Sam was just talking about, about being authentic. The, you can't be authentic and um, not be vulnerable if, mm-hmm. if you want to say it in that negative way. Um, so to, to give trust or to build trust, you first have to be vulnerable, be a real person, be authentic. And it's, it's not a light switch moment. Um, you know, we talk a lot about these things are the turn the dial moment. You have to keep working on them back to Conroy's point that if the group you were responsible to lead um, lacked trust and then the pandemic showed up, you're already behind the curve. You are. Mm-hmm. You're screwed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think it's also a matter of um, we talk to your team. You, you do have to share a little bit about yourself because they need to believe in you and trust you. But it's also showing absolute care and concern for that individual. So they know that the trust is going to be two ways. It's not, like I said, it's not a loyalty question. It's a question of support. And as long as that leader has a long game in mind, this isn't going to happen over the first two weeks, but months, maybe even years in some cases, um, it takes a lot of time to build it and to prove that when things do get rough, that you as leader will show up in a meaningful way and help people through their situation, whether it's we are in crisis or you as an individual are in crisis, the response should be approximately the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me ask this. You say a new a boss coming in following a bad boss. What if you are a bad boss and you've just recently had an awakening and you say, I've, I've got to change things. I've got, how do you, how, what would be the first thing you need to do? Authenticity may be a hard road to hoe at this point. That's where humility comes in. Yeah, that, 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 yeah being vulnerable and humility. And this is also a parenting trick, by the way, if you have teenagers and you really, really, really want to get them engaged in a conversation, start with an apology, Mm -hmm. walk up to them and just say, I am so sorry. I made a mistake. And immediately they're going to be like, you're darn right. You did. You totally screwed up because you're the Yeah, you you messed up. They have no idea what you messed up on, but they're going to buy in. So, yeah, Sam's like, I got kids. Hang on, you do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, if you if you as a leader come in and, and you say, man, I've made some mistakes and I I want to change. I want to make a difference in how I lead. Would you guys please be willing to do a couple of things? Number one, be honest and call me out when I do things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, number two, I'm going to make mistakes. Please show me a little bit of grace. I'm trying to do better. And if we yeah. can do this together like that, just having that conversation would be a huge first step. But then you have to have actions that show you're moving towards yes. being better. If there's yeah. no action behind it, it's just BS. And you're just trying to ring your team out. Right. Or the first time somebody says, hey, uh, remember when you said we should be honest and uh, tell you when things don't go well? Well, here's the thing. And then you blow up. and Exactly. <laughs> don't disaster. <laughs> right. Exactly. I ain't helping either, friends. Exactly. Yep. What Sam say? Your audio doesn't match your video. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> my, my answer to that question, uh, Myra, would be the first day if the, the very first step kind of goes along with the mentality that I I can tell you kind of where you're going to be five years from now, based on the books you're reading currently and the people you're associating with. And so to get to that from a bad boss to a better boss, you have to change your mindset. And it's kind of that whole own it concept that I I have to understand that it's my responsibility, the situation that I'm currently in or the one that I've created. And it's my responsibility to create a process to, to change that. And then it's my responsibility to, to be accountable to the outcomes. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and we all, and we all know that in an office or in any workplace, there's, there's the people that have the title of manager, but then there's the real leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So not to find a point on this, but it sounds like, it sounds like to me to get the most out of your people, start with leadership and look at how you treat those people. Yep. It's relationships. It comes back to how you, how you take care of you, yourself and your team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, play together, have fun together. Guess what? You're going to be together and you're going to get through harder things. That's yep. That's right. <laughs> it ain't rocket surgery, people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but some people try to make it really difficult. You know, like I said, right. you lead the way you were led. And right. like mm-hmm. I said in earlier episodes is, you know, I, I, I learned top down hierarchy and mm-hmm. it doesn't work. Yeah, people don't, people don't feel connected to, to that. They, right. they, they want to build relationships and be part of something. And, mm-hmm. and uh, if they're just being told what to do, then they become automatons and they don't want to do that. So, right. And for whatever reason, the idea of a leader is a, you know, Glenn Gary kind of a order barker and not the folks who have actually done good work and have been on empathetic with their people and have given them a lot of room to breathe uh, and really produce great things because of it. Uh, so it seems like there'd be a lot more room for uh, that compassion in leadership than, than not. Right. Right. Yeah. So lead with your heart, unless your heart is cold and stony and really black and <laughs> not good. And <laughs> that was a bad analogy. I should try that again. <laughs> I love it with my heart, but it scared the children. <laughs> heart of evil. <laughs> I have children. I have no soul. Okay. Suck it right out of me. I'm sorry. That's no BS right there. <laughs> I'm exhausted when I get to work. This is my respite. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, Can't do second grade math. listener, we're really excited that you're listening to us in Eastern <laughs> Oregon. And uh, uh, if you have any questions, uh, please email us at, and I'm going to hope I get this right, ask us at leadershipbs.co. C-O. Hey, I got it right. At leadership.co. Leadership BS. Leadershipbs.co. Yeah. Okay. Leadershipbs.co. <laughs> hi, hi. I'm still learning. I'm a high eye, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's sorry a detail. There. I'm detail. sorry there. Sorry there in Eastern Oregon. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm from Eastern Oregon, so you guys understand. <laughs> but send us your questions. Send us your input on this podcast. Email us at askus at leadership.co, leadershipbs.co. And uh, uh, if, if we choose your, your question, then we will uh, give you a disbehavior assessment. With that being said, it's great seeing everybody here. Mr. Geyer, I am so glad you are here. It was great to be with you all. Well, I hope you continue on. It's, it's, it's going to be fun. So with that being said, until next time, bye. See ya. See ya. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS Podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's askus at leadershipbs.co. If we use your email questions or comments, you will win a DISC behavioral assessment and debrief with one of our highly trained podcast teammates. And last but not least, don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much, and tune in next time. We'll see you then.